been since the creation of the world. The great tribulation, Jesus said, such as never ever seen by man. In other words, Noah's flood is inferior to it. The lot of Sodom doesn't even come close to it. God says, if you're living in a land of peace and you can't cope living for God, how are you going to focus and live for God when Jordan began to swell? By interpretation, the Bible is saying footmen are today giving us perilous times. Perilous times mean times of perils where men and women's hearts are failing them because of fear of the things that are coming up in our land. And he's saying here also, if you can't deal with the beginning of sorrow, how are you going to cope with Revelation 6 with the apocalyptic writers in the Bible, the horsemen here? He's talking about these horsemen. The white horse, the red horse, the black horse, the pale horse. How are you planning to deal with those galloping horse of the apocalypse that Revelation so wonderfully put in focus and our attention? Some of you don't even read it. But you ought to read it. Because if you survive the next 20, 30 years, you're going to have to deal with it. You may ignore it, not for long. But it says, how will you cope with the writers of the apocalypse? And while living in a land like Canada, North America, that doesn't even compare close to life in the Middle East or in aggressive place of jihad where it's easy to go to church. It's easy to carry a Bible. It's easy to pray. It's easy to have individualistic belief in God without a knife at your neck or an axe to your throat or your limbs to a gallows. If you can't live for God in peacetime, in a peaceful country, where it's not illegal to have your own beliefs. Where it's not illegal to be an atheist. That's illegal to be anything you want to be. Free society. And you can't find it easy to live for God. He said, then what are you going to do? When God began to release in Jordan, the Middle East. Amen. Those four wicked angels that are going to turn this world upside down. The four woes of our world. I want to ask you today, how do you plan to cope? I've, I've heard people said in the past, I left church because so-and-so treated me bad. Hmm. I've heard left church because so-and-so didn't like me. I've seen people skip school and drop out of school because they say, well, I couldn't cope with chemistry. I couldn't cope with this. and they, I couldn't put up with that. And people have a lot of reasons why they could not finish what they started. But I traveled to Nigeria. And I traveled to a few countries. And I don't mind telling you, I confess, I wept and I cried. And I made a promise to God. 
I will never bother you one more time about the little fatigue that I have to go through because I've seen situation that does not exist where I live. And I realized I was just going to a country that I could leave later on. I always had my passport on my person. I realized I could almost at any time jump on a plane and come back home where it's safe. But here we find people, amen, living in a free society and cannot live for God. The message I have for you is be careful how you handle truth. And that's what the Bible is talking about. Now, I don't have time to go into all those apocalyptic studies and tell you what it means, but I want to tell you something here. It's shocking to me to find that even though God has given us an option to life and death, in other world, you don't have two choices. You have one choice or you lose your hair. Here in the place we got life and death, good and evil, and we can choose, yet people procrastinate. People does horrible things and neglect the great salvation that appeared unto all men. And even though grace has appeared to every person on this earth and teaching us, not many of us are willing to be a student from God. Many want to ignore Him, and yet God allows that. And God does not, amen, fight with us. But the Bible said there are going to be some people, one taken and the other left. I'm going to ask you right now what a professor asked some, some future students at his university. When they all came on the first day, he said, one of you is going to drop out. One of you is not going to make it. Could be the one on the left or the one on the right of you. Which one of you are not going to make it? What a heart-stirring question for a professor to put to students who have prospect of running the race. Amen. Not all are going to finish the race. And the Bible said, one taken and the other left. He said, well, we're two. Matthew 24, go there please on the screen and show it to the world. And in, in verse 10, it says, a door of opportunity was open. A door of opportunity was closed. Here's a dilemma. In verse 10, some were shut in. In verse 11, some were shut out. It's not that they were blocked out. They were shut out because they thought they had some more time. Some had no time. And some felt it was a waste of time. Amen. Pressing their way into the kingdom of God. But there are other people on earth that know that right now is the appointed time to strive, fight, to enter into eternal life. Do it while you can. If there's ever time we need to take hold of eternal life, it's now. Because we have a choice. In the Middle East, you don't have a choice. In parts of the world, you're not given that choice. You are, you are dictate to how you should believe and how you should worship, whether you believe or not. Otherwise, it costs you life. And here we are in a free society, free opportunity, and yet we procrastinate or we neglect so great an opportunity. Verse 10 says, Some will be shut in and some will be shut out. I wonder which of you are going to be shut out. 
I wonder which of you in this service this morning are going to be shut in. I'm sure you both can get in. But the statistics says you both won't. One of you may. But you can if you so chose to. In chapter 24 and verse 40 to 42, it's said in the Bible, amen, that there were some, praise God, that uh, wanted to, amen, uh, be taken. But they were left. Why were they left? And what were they left for? You see, God is a faithful God. God is not unrighteous to forget what people do in His name. Now, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to those who are left behind. Because verse 40 to 42 talk about one taken and the other left. Who wants to be left behind? And when you're left behind, what's going to happen to you? Let me tell you the feeling I feel to be left behind. I have been to the airport before. I know I thought I was on time. And I came to there, my wife and I, and we saw we had it all settled. And I was, there was a long line up, so I was late getting to the place. But I was still within the time frame I thought was okay. And by the time I came to the counter, I said, sorry, we have already closed the gate. All my plans down the road fell apart. All my appointment was negated. Because I could not get on that plane. Now, even though I was not on that plane, it did not hinder that plane from going to its destination. It was up to me to make preparation, to make an ample good effort to get on board if I planned to be shut in. But I was shut out. And I tell you, I was angry. And I was pleading. But the good thing was, I could catch another plane tomorrow. But in this case, there is no tomorrow. Once the door is shut, you cannot get in. So you got to be careful how you handle truth. How you handle opportunity. And so the Bible know that when the door was shut and the gate was shut, some come knocking. Can I get in? God said, no, you're locked out. But you see, it was a long time between the shutting of the gate and the opening of the gate. You folks don't know this. But right here in time, we are actually literally right here. That's where Jesus died for us. And now we are hedging right here where he's about to come for us. And while that's happening, we're hearing about terrorism. We know for sure the apocalyptic horses are getting ready to ride. We know the land of peace is becoming the land of perils. And we know in Jordan, the Middle East, the explosion is about to take place. And yet we just carry on as if it's business as usual. Here's what's going to happen to the people that are shut in. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, the Bible said, you want to go there? It says that we have an anchor of hope that the world laugh at us at. Amen. But we're not going to be like those who are neglecting our opportunity. Verse 13 to verse 18. There's some people who are making their calling and election sore. They are paying the price now in the land of peace. 
before the land fall to pieces. They are making sure that their name is in the book of life. And they have access to the straight gate. Amen. And they're built on a foundation that cannot be shaken. There are some people like Noah. They are moving with faith fear. Building an ark while the world ignore them. We're still building. We didn't come to church because we're stupid. We didn't come to church on Friday and, and Sunday because we got nothing else to do. We are building an ark. And there's coming a time when God will say to us, Get on that ark, brother. Get on that ark, sister. We're about to sail out of here. We're about to leave this land. And I feel sorry for those who are left behind. Praise the Lord. The Bible says chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians that some will be taken and some left. Which of you are going to be left behind? It's a very serious question. Which of you? It said, look, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, not everybody in this church building have a planned program to leave this earth. There's some people sitting on the pew right here. They've settled the count a long time with Jesus. They've settled the sin question. They've settled their sins before to judgment. And they're waiting for the trump of God to sound. And waiting on the dead cross to rise. Then they're going to rise after. And woe to those who are left behind so the world thinks that's a pie in the sky but what's going to happen to those which are left behind I'm going to talk to you in just a minute the Bible tells us in the same book in chapter 5 look at chapter 5 verse 1 of the times and the season brethren right here you have no need that I talk to you about it people that know their God are going to be strong and laying hold on eternal life. Hallelujah. You know, it's amazing people walking to Pentecostal church and see me shouting and dancing and I think we're a bunch of quacks. You wonder what's wrong with us? If you could hear the same music we're hearing, if you could feel the same anointing we're feeling, I think you'd be jumping too. Because you feel nothing, hear nothing, you do nothing. But we feel everything. I said, we, we feel something, my friend. Zuka, hallelujah. It shake my bone. It shake my heart. And you know what that is? Rapture power. Amen. We're trying to jump out of our body. But God's holding us back. He said, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. But one of these days, we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, this old body of corruptible body will be gone. And we're going to put on an incorruptible body, honey. It's going to be a lot more handsome than the one you're looking at right now. Oh, hallelujah. It's going to be a divine body fashioned after his body. But what about those who are left behind? Here it is right here. By the time of the season, brethren, you have no need to write unto you for yourself more perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. Right here. Now, if I tell you all the plans God has for us, you're not going to believe it. You're going to say we're crazy. 
I'm going to save you making that decision. And let's tell you that we're going to be with Jesus somehow. Absent from our body, we're going to be present with the Lord. We're not going to the cemetery, we're going to the sanctuary in heaven. That's a promise from Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, amen. Jesus Christ went back into heaven. Amen. And then the rapture is going to take place right here. And all this here, all those who are left behind, have to deal with this. Revelation chapter 6 to 19. You ought to read when you go home. But it says, the day is coming as a thief in the night. Now, a thief does not tell you when he's coming, does he? Not when the coming of the Lord Jesus. So you're not going to be able to calculate the time and the hour when he comes. But the seasons are here. Pestilence, wars, rumors of wars, etc. False prophets, false churches, false ministries are rampant everywhere. But what does it mean to a Christian? It means the coming of the Lord. Draw it nigh. It does matter how you handle truth. It does matter what to do with truth. Because God said truth won't always be available. Now most of you don't know this. I don't know what Bible you got in your hand. But I almost can predict right now, 60% of the Bible in this church right now are not KJV. But I almost predict that right now. And it doesn't bother you. You know why? Because you don't know what's missing. You don't know what they took out of that book. And there's going to be a famine in the land for the Word of God. Amen. If somebody tampered with the contract... It'll become null and void. So, does it matter that you have the right Bible? Yes. The Bible says here, For when they, for the Lord shall come as a thief in the night, when they shall say peace and what? Safety. That's where the church is gone. Sudden destruction. I'm going to ask you, how are you going to cope with the horsemen? When the land of peace becomes a land of fear. I wish you were here Friday when I was talking to the church and on Tuesday about a jihad, what it actually mean. And where it's at, where it's coming. He said, when they cry peace and safety, then come at what? Sudden destruction. No, sir. And they shall not escape. Now, that's quite a difference from the book of Luke 21, 33, 35. He said, we shall escape. We shall escape. You're the difference now. The people who are taken are not appointed unto wrath. All this is wrath. Right here. The church is gone to be with Jesus and going to come back a second time with Jesus. Where will you be? Down here, honey. Dealing with the horse riders. Dealing with the swelling of Jordan. The I mean, the, the flood. The, the, the cataclysmic activity, nuclear fallout, nuclear weapons being exploded all over the place. You say it won't happen? Read your Bible. Jesus said to the church, pray, pray that you and your family be accounted worthy to escape what's coming upon the earth. I'm not spreading fear. I'm taking reality. If you live in the Middle East right now, this would not be a sermon needed. It would be a sermon understood. Now the Bible says they shall not escape. And the Bible said, but God have not appointed, verse 9, have not appointed us unto wrath, 
but to obtain salvation. This church is preaching, get on board or be left behind. This church is teaching, get your name in the land book of life or be blotted out. This church is trying to tell you, get in the straight gate. Amen. In the narrow way. Hallelujah. Build your hope on things eternal. Get your hope on a strong foundation. Amen. The sad thing to hear little kids said, Mama, Daddy, why are we here? Because you make a bad decision. Now the Bible said, look, we are not appointed unto what? Wrath. But to obtain salvation. We are in perilous times. Now, you know where I want to take you. Come with me to 2 Thessalonians. This is the most shocking scripture in the Bible. It says God promised to send on every person that's left behind a strong delusion. Now, let me explain this to you. If you're in the states where they have these fancy games, there are two people selling tickets. The counterfeit and the genuine. The counterfeit tickets are sold at a discount price. The very discount should tell you it's not genuine. Because the real price is going to stay there. Front seat costs you $1,000. And somebody wants to send it to you for $100, something is wrong. So, some zeros are missing. Hello. But the gullible are going to buy into it. The Bible said the wide gate, many go in there at. Hallelujah. Building on the sand, many build that way. And you don't know how secure your home is until the storm comes. I was in Puerto Rico, and I saw houses leaning like this. And I thought to myself, that's why when they got a hurricane, so many casualties. Because they don't have a foundation to that house. And one of those uh, Eurocodon wind can knock it over. Amen. But you can have an anchor. Steadfast. And show. Jesus said, all that hear my saying and do it them as a wise builder. Who built his life and his house upon the rock. And when the storm come, when the wave come, and Jordan come, and the horse rider come, you are still secure. 26th chapter of Isaiah said, Come my people, hide thyself in me until the indignation be what? Pass over. Let me tell you, in Vietnam, when the war was going on, and the Yankees were coming back home, there were people hanging on on helicopters did not want to be left behind and face the wrath of the Viet Cong. Go with me please. I want you to walk with me through the scripture. In the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 God says there are some people who live in the land of freedom who have access to truth access to salvation freedom of message they can carry their Bibles they can go to church as often as they wish. They can live for God in prayer and not be afraid. And they neglect so great a salvation. Hello. It is so it is so uh, unfounding that Bible says even Rahab could arise up in judgment against them. Amen. <laughs> An Ethiopian 
from from a eunuch left all his land to come find the truth. And in the land of truth, Israel was neglecting great salvation. And you know what God is going to happen to them? He said, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. If you don't know your Bible, you messed up there. There are two comings right there. One is the church gathered to him, and the second one, him coming. Let me show it to you right here. We're gathered to Jesus, amen, in the rapture right here. And then we're coming together unto him. Now in our Bible, we have a compendium, or a God gave a concise approach of a very, of a two events. It says, we're going to be gathered to him, and the rest going to see us coming back with him. Before we can come with him, we have to go to be where he's at. Hey, amen. Before he can return with us, he must have come for us sometime. And he said, "Well, will we all know when he came come back for us? No, because when he left the when he left the first time, nobody knew he left. Just the apostles knew it." He said, "Look here, are we gathering together to him that you soon not be shaken in mind? Now, our church, don't worry about Isis, don't worry about jihad, don't worry about pestilence." And famine and strife and war. These things need to be so. The Bible says it ought to be that way. But that's not the end. He said, don't be shaken in mind. Or by word or letter from us. Verse 3 says, let no man deceive you by any means. Folks, I'm telling you. I don't care what you have to go through. Put up with it. Do not give up your prayer life. Because sister so-and-so snarl at you. Or well, so-and-so patch you. If they don't like the way you dance with God, tell them their eyes somewhere else. If they don't like the way you teach, tell them hush up and look somewhere else, but I'm doing this unto the Lord. I don't think you heard me yet. We got some people in church think we should dance like they dance and shout like they shout. Honey, get off your trip. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for God. I'm teaching the way I know how. I'm preaching the way I know how. And God receives it. And that's all that matters. Hallelujah. Praise God. God don't despise my little might that I'm giving to Him. Or my fourth thing. It says here. Hallelujah. It says there shall be a falling away first. Now, Saints, I'm going to talk to you. Are you going to fall away in McMurray? You cannot make the gate any wider than he made it. This is not the time to shape the foundation. It's time to build on it. Praise God. Without wholeness and peace, no man shall see the Lord. Only the pure in heart shall what? Be with God. He said there's coming a falling away and the man of perdition shall be revealed. Now in verse 1 to 2, it says Christ is coming at hand. It's coming near. And if you watch it, in fact, I'll give you an example. In Edmonton, uh, there's a daycare center, and the kids would come early in the morning. The parents bring them in the, in the morning to the daycare center, right? And so the kids know we're going to be in the daycare center. But at a certain time in the evening, those kids don't have any watch on. They got no watch on. But at a certain time of the day, they don't want to sleep. They don't want to eat. They don't want to play. 
And all of them, not up to you, their eyes are on the door like this. You know what's happening? Mommy's coming. Dad's coming to get me. That's how the church got to be. Put down the toys. Put down the juke and the jives. Daddy's coming. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father. So when you see these things, look up. Don't be shook up. Your redemption draweth nigh. I'm trying to tell you, church, I don't plan to be left behind. I don't plan to be a loser. I plan to be a winner. I don't plan to be shut out. I want to be shut in with God in that secret place uh, where the trumpet sound. I will be listening for my name. I'm trying to tell somebody, let your calling and election be sure. I don't plan to be left behind. So it doesn't matter how I handle truth. It said there's coming a guy, a son of perdition. He's coming. That word means destruction. Verse 4, and we're seeing it happening right now. Who will oppose it and exalt himself above all that's called God that sit in the temple, show himself that he is God. Now, I don't want to go to the Vatican right now. I'm going to go there right now. And, you know, Only one man can forgive your sins. You know who that is? Not the Pope. Not this preacher. Not the priest. Only one guy can forgive your sins. And that's Jesus Christ. <laughs> he is your only Savior. And anybody else who try to do that or try to sit in his seat. <clears throat> but that's not where I want to go right now. He said, remember when I was with you, I told you in verse 5 and verse 6. Now, your church, he said, and you know what's holding back the revealing of this wicked man. Now, church, you know this. You know this. At private school, when I went to school, I had no brothers. I used to lie about my brothers. You know, when, when I got in a fight and they're going to beat me up, I said, my brother, I'm going to get you. My brother, I don't even exist. But it kept people away from me. Hello? 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 You know what? What it's saying here is, if it had not been for the presence of the church, this world would have been in chaos. People don't know when the church is gone, all hell going to break loose. Something is holding back the devil from harming this earth. Revelation 12 said, Walk to the inhabitants of the earth when the church is gone. For the devil has come down with great wrath. He said, Wow! The presence of the church makes a difference. Hallelujah. One young lad was saying to Daddy, Daddy, is as a pastor, that church again? Do we have to go to church again? The man of God started crying and said, Son, sit down, let me talk to you. So you see this car right here? You see this house right here? You see the bread you're eating? You know how we got it? G O the provider when the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he says son you're asking me to go back to poverty hallelujah everything you have came from the goodness of God you didn't just earn it it belongs to God and you're asking me to bite the hand that feed me 
He said, son, don't you ever see that again. Hello? And so God is saying that as long as the church is here, the devil cannot do what he wants to do. Aren't you glad this country, you know why this country is safe? Because there's a law here, a lawgiver that keeps terrorism from being what, 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 what he wants to do right to this country. Where there is no, you know, we've been to the Middle East, and friend, there are rebels everywhere. The building is in chaos. Suicide bombs. Now, friend, you're in a land of peace. And what's stopping evil men from doing their evil deeds? Something present. And by the same token, the church are ambassadors. And God cannot declare war on earth as long as we're here. But those were left behind. What's going to happen to them, church? I want to take you there. Look at this right here. It says here, the mystery of iniquity will be revealed in this time. There are people don't know who the Antichrist is. But John says anybody who deny the Father and the Son has the spirit of the what? Antichrist. If they deny that Jesus Christ come in the flesh, and I could tell you who says those things, and you know them too, but you just don't pay attention to it, but I won't go there. I said, now, even his coming, verse 9, is after the working of Satan with all power and lying wonders. I don't know how many of you got bewitched last night, because it was a witch's night last night. I won't go there, but uh, I wonder how many of you got bewitched by Halloween. I'd rather hallowed be thy name than Halloween. <laughs> Me from the truth. Here's what I want to take a church. Verse 9. Please look at that. Satan is coming with workings of all lying powers, signs and wonders. Verse 10. And deceivableness with them that perish because they receive not a love for the truth. And that's where I want to take you. They don't love the truth. And God said, if you don't love truth, a strong delusion can get a hold of you. Folks, know what delusion means? Here's Ahab. God gave Ahab. Come here, boys. Come here. Come here. Let me demonstrate this to you. All three. Come here, boys. Come here. Quick, quick. This guy is Ahab. He doesn't love truth. He hates truth. Come here. You are Jehoshaphat. You love truth, but you got a problem. You always hang around this guy. As long as you hang around him, you get in trouble. Now, you're Micah the prophet. This guy wants to do something wrong. And he won't ask you because he knows that you are going to do what? Tell him the truth. Is that all right? Come here, young man. Come here, somebody else. Come here. Come here. Yes, please. All right? So... He won't ask him. So I want you to be representing 450 prophets. That's pretty good, isn't it? You're not the prophet, okay? <laughs> Look at this, my friend. And so he said, Shall we go to Ramoth Gilead? And this guy said, No! You're going to lose your life and lose your kingdom. Pow! He slapped him. Put him in jail. Called him. Shall we go Gilead? Yes. Go up and prosper. He's lying. He's lying. But he knows that's what he wants to hear. So he's feeding him what he wants to hear. 
That's what a lying prophet does. He's not telling the truth. It's like, it's like a doctor who knows you got cancer and giving you placebos and won't cut it out. Hello? Don't want to hurt your feelings. Hello? And so this guy said, something is wrong. Something is wrong. That, that, that chorus of 450 prophets don't sound right. He said, now, isn't there a word from the Lord? He says, yes, but I don't like it. He doesn't tell me what I need to know. I want to hear. He said, what I need to know, he's telling me. I hate him. He says, well, look, I'll tell you what. Don't say that. Get him. So now, you're going to go get him. Hey, look, you're in prison for a long time. <laughs> you want out? Here's <laughs> your chance out. The king wants to see you. Everybody says, go. I want you to give him the green light also. You say, okay. Don't you say no. He said, okay, I will. Shall I go to Ramoth Gilead? This one said, Go up and prosper. He's walking. So he stepped forward and he slapped him. I said, How often must I tell you, tell me the truth? For the first time, he recognized a lie. <laughs> Hello? And the prophet says, How be it I saw God on the throne? And God says, Who will go down? and prophesy to Ahab a lie because he will not accept the what? The truth. Hello? And Jehoshaphat is the guy who's tampering with truth. He knows his friend is not telling the truth or living the truth, but he's still hanging on to him. Hello? For friendship's sake. Well, you know what happened? He pushed him back. You know, go back in prison. And he said, well, if you come back in peace, then I know God didn't talk to me. Now, he knew he's right. But he won't change. So he's now set up for a strong what? Delusion. And so 850 prophets told him to go, and he went. But he's smart also. You know what he did? They almost exchanged clothing. Come here. This guy's a dummy. He knows the truth, but won't live it. So what? he, he almost exchanged garments. Hello? And said, so we'll, we'll go fight. Ignore him. So when they went to battle, the enemy said, don't fight anybody at all except him. Kill him. But guess what? He dressed up looking like him. So in the battlefield now, the enemy don't know who is who. And see him riding and, and call him to kill him. And he cried, and God heard him. And God had mercy on him and turned their heart from him. Hello? And he went home, and they slapped, God slapped him and said, What's wrong with you? Why are you hanging around the bad group like that? You know the guy's not right. You know it's not true. Why do you fall for that false prophet and those false men? You know, you should know better than that. Now, this guy's tampering with truth. He's begging to be deceived. I'm trying to tell you, church, we are in a city that we're free to serve Jesus. You mentioned Jesus in the Middle East and you lost your neck. Don't look at me like that. It's true. They cut your head off. You say you're a Christian and you're dead. Here you're free. 
Footmen don't bother you. Horsemen not yet attacking you. And Jordan flooding it. And so you know what happened? He thought he got off with it. He's running. Come on, you keep running. And one, one guy running in the battle, so scared. And, uh, you know, one guy in the battle, I guess an Israelites, running and did this. And pulled an arrow without aiming. And God's arrow missed everybody and hit him right where the heart was. Thank you, guys. Thank you. God said, they shall believe a lie. And church is what bothers me. When I look at your precious faces, and I thought, you don't deserve being deceived. You shouldn't allow your family to be deceived. You know, when I grew up, I learned that Santa Claus can't fit in a chimney. Maybe your Claus can, but mine couldn't. I can't fit in my own garment, but I'm fitting in a chimney. But we lie to kids about these things. I said, we lie to kids about those things. Hallelujah. Now, I want to tell you something before I close. If a doctor lied to you, you know what happened to you? We bury you soon. But if a preacher lied to you, honey, he puts you in hell. And you're not coming out. This chapter says in closing that the devil, with strong delusion, made them believe a lie. You've got time. When you get older, you serve God. On your deathbed, you can serve God. Or oh, there is no God. Or right, God don't care what you do. And carry on these lies. But the people that are smart know that it's a point that the man wants to die. Then comes judgment. But church, we're not victims. We can become victims this morning. This morning, I'm going to offer you this morning a plan that the devil can't mess around with. You know Jesus existed. I say, you know that he existed. Amen. For there's no other name given among men whereby you must be saved. The name of Jesus is an issue around the world. But free in Canada almost. You kids, go to school. Come here, please. You kids, go to school. Come here. Come on, quick, guys. You see a pastor evil, you're screaming at nothing. These kids know in their school, especially in Protestant school, Catholic school is different. But in Protestant school, they cannot say the Lord's Prayer. Not allowed to say it. Not allowed, not allowed to sing any Christian songs at any events. Is that what you want for your kids? Does it matter? And sadly enough, the Koran this year is offered, but not the Bible. Does it matter? Does it really matter? That at graduation, they can't use Jesus' name in prayer. Would you all stand? Do you want your kids to believe that Jesus is a myth? Or do you want them to believe that Jesus Christ is the mystery of godliness? God manifested among us. When your kids are sick, do you want to believe that there is no God to heal them? Do you know they written the Bible, kids? 
and families. I saw the small, the great and the small, and the dead stand before God. Do you know these little kids have to give an account to God? Shall we lie to them that there is no God? Shall we tell them that they can't go to the rapture? Do you know what Pharaoh said? You go, but leave your kids behind. No, sir. I've never seen one family at the airport who would willingly leave their kids behind on the airplane. Why would you do that? I want to ask your parents right now. If you really love your sons and daughters, would you be like Moses' mother? Hide your kid on the Nile. We can stand behind your kids and say, Look, kid, there is a God. And I want you kids to remember the Lord. Remember that Creator in the days of thy youth. When those evil days have not yet arrived. There are evil days coming. I don't want my kids left behind. They're coming with me to paradise. Not one going to be burned down here, my friend. Not one be tossed by the devil. They're coming with me. When the rapture takes place, my child is going. My son is going. My daughter is going. My wife is going. My children is going. And if I can help her, my grandma is going also. The whole family is going. Oh, God. I don't want God to send strong delusion. Everybody who's left on earth are going to worship the beast and the Antichrist. Everybody who's left on earth will take the mark six, six, six because money's going to fail. Maybe you have no kids. But if you're left behind, I promise you, you will not have a choice. You will take the mark of the beast. But if you want the mark of Christ this morning, join us at this great long altar right here. And so, Lord Jesus... Put your ink horn on my heart right now. I don't want to be lost. You think pastoring is spiritual? No. But the alternative is too ugly. I would put up with any problem in the church than in the world, sister. Nobody push me out or stop me to work for God and live for God. It's washed on the other side. I wish some of you would go for a holiday in the Middle East and see for yourself the tragedy of humanity, the hardship. When you come home, you'll kiss the ground and thank God for a land of freedom, a land of worship. I can worship God if I want to. And whatever it takes to draw closer to you Lord that's what I'll be willing to do and whatever it takes for an island
also a priority on that boat women first men you will be left behind guaranteed unless you come your way to the ship and they might shoot you doing that the kids are first on and the invalids and then but everybody can't go on that boat that's not how God built Noah's boat that's right. it was so big it could hold anybody who want to go on there but only one family in a population growth went on there. 